0: And that was Happy Old McWeasel, Danny Boy. Welcome to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. As always, I'm Brock. I'm joined here with Byron, Dan, and Alex. Hello. Hello. How we doing, guys? Hey, guys. Doing well. So, uh, Alex, what did you think of that song, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the sound of your seriously, homeland. Seriously, the moment to, like, that song started, you all just like, snigger and look at my. <laughs> like, oh, this is like, something related to the Irish people. So it's like, oh. <coughs> no it's a good song I enjoyed it that's Even good to I hear like, I saw it's slightly side but it was like oh, another bloody Irish song
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more sad because you're like you sort of stinkering you're like really come on <laughs> seriously uh, like
0: you
1: know gay music is gay music you know and it has to have an Irish theme to it you know
0: not complaining but once Dan, like, showed me the song, I was just like grinning, like ear to ear, just like waiting, like oh, I can't wait to see Alex just when he plays this. I'm like super offended by it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're going to talk about like my Catholic areas in West Belfast and all that. And
0: is that a sort of like stereotypical, like sort of rocky Irishy tune, or is that no?
1: I don't know it's like I would say a stereotypical tune, but with a nice modern twist to it, which I do like. Mm.
0: Yeah, hmm, I'm a fan of that sort of style as well. Hey, now moving on though, uh, Dan. You've yeah. been in Queensland, man. How was that? Yeah, it was actually quite nice. Um, like, people,
3: I saw people complain about the heat over here. The heat wasn't so bad over there, but just the humidity is worse. Uh, yeah. You just sit there sweating away. But it was, it was all right. Like, um, the beaches are nice. And a lot of nice cafes. Oh, because I was over in the Sunshine Coast. So it was one of the, it's not like the Gold Coast. It's more like Perth, actually.
2: Yeah. It was yeah. Really quite nice. You don't see like the guy to go to the beach normally, though. Well, well <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Me neither, man. The, the beaches uh, are great there. Have you been to the beaches in WA? No. <laughs>
3: well, I have been to the beaches in WA, but it's just like the ones in Queensland are actually kind of like more, I don't know how to put it really, less commercial than the ones we have here at the Gold Coast.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, uh, Perth kind of has like hidden away beaches, though. That's like, I mean, like why yeah. I like them,
1: especially when you're like walking your dog and it's empty. Lovely.
0: Mm. Mm. And ranging from, like, just Coogee Beach, you know, all the way down to, like, like the south in Albany, Albany and all other stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, oh, it's, got some <laughs> it's got some great beaches. But, yeah. Uh. Although, Byron, welcome back, though, man.
2: Mm, you weren't yes. there last week? Yeah, um, I was working. Oh, oh, dear. <sighs>
1: priorities, priorities. You
2: know. I know, right? You know, I wish we got paid for this, but we don't, so. Oh, man. Got to start somewhere, right? Oh. <sighs> It was just like, I was like, hey, can I start at uh, 6 so I can finish at 2 and then, you know, come in? And he was just like, no. Just, it was just straight like, no, no like, hey, look, maybe 7 and you leave a bit early or anything like that. It was just like, no. Do
1: you remember mm-hmm. that one time? I, know I only I was only able to stay here for, like, half an hour.
2: You here like, 20 minutes, not even half an hour. We uh, played, like, three songs and then you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, bye. Yeah, basically. I'm here now. This counts as, like, my participation mark. <laughs> this is the cue where we
3: start playing the Beatles. The Beatles. Uh, hello, hello, goodbye. Oh wow!
2: Oh, so, oh, I thought we were making fun oh, of people. Yeah, I was just oh, gonna man. say.
0: So we had a, uh, a list of uh, bad jokes, and Dan's name was on the very top of it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Dude, that's that's up there, right there. <laughs> on that though, on that note, though, uh, we're going to go to a song. Coming up is Demon Days by No oh. Highway by Demon Days, and uh, you're I listening to Radio Network. Frio 107.9 <laughs> FM. <laughs> And that was 1981 by Axe Girl. And before that, we had Rainbow Roads by Hiatus Coyote and Highway by Demon Days. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle at 107.9. And it's currently 3.17pm. Yeah, I do time checks too, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the board, I'm learning. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> yeah. Although, speaking of years and numbers, though, because we just listened to 1981, I figured we'd take a swing and go four years into the future with 1984... And I believe, uh, Dan and Alex, you uh, are a fan of a book called 1984 by George Orwell. Ooh.
1: Well, who wants to start? Do you want to start, Daniel?
3: Well, um, I'm actually reading it right now. So right now. Yeah, so it's kind of... I'm reading it right now, so it's just kind of one of those ones where I'm about four chapters in, and so far it's pretty good. Um, and no, it's actually quite... is really well-written actually quite scary because it's talking about the Communist Party in England, which because England and America became one country. So England is now known as Airstrip One. Mm. And
1: so what was... So, Alex, what was the uh, slogan again? Um, War is peace. Uh, War is freedom. uh, Slavery is free. No, it was like, yeah, war is peace. um, Ignorance is honesty or something like that? War is peace. Ignorance is slavery. And... um, Something No, slavery is freedom or something like that. Yeah, But it was one of those ones where it was just talking about your complete subjugation to the will of the state and ideology. And um, <laughs> so to you who might not know about it... Um, like Britain- me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and me <laughs> as well. <laughs> Britain is part of this global alliance called uh, Oceania, which is all of the Americas, Australia, New Zealand, and Britain as one nation. And uh, Oceania is totalitarian in its absolute extreme and uh set only a few decades after like uh the the uh, korean war because that's when it sort of diverts from sort of our modern history it might as well have been thousands because it's living in a society where information is controlled and the masses as a whole are manipulated by um i think it was called new speak and uh, double think mm. which is scary as but, um, yeah, it's certainly one of the most important and influential novels of the 20th century.
3: Uh, also, probably something to realize, there's actually pretty much three countries. And so you have Oceania, as Alex was talking about. Then you've also got East Asia, which is just pretty much the Soviet bloc, um, plus, no. plus, plus like the Western European countries.
2: Do you disagree um, with this? No, no. <laughs> Considering you both read the book. let's discuss your argument. <laughs> we have
1: Oceania, and uh, we have Eurasia, which is their... Western Europe, well, Europe apart from the UK, and uh, Russia, because the the Soviet Union in that timeline invaded the rest of Europe except the UK. And then we have um, East Asia, which is like China, Japan, and that region as well. And the only region that's not occupied by any of them, it's like this, I forget the name of it, but it's this battleground, which is now modern day like North Africa and the Middle East. And these three superpowers, um, they just constantly skirmish there for like pro- not for like any particular military gain but for propaganda purposes as well for keeping the population in line to give them an enemy sort of as like uh, to fight against i suppose yeah. You
0: know. mm. hmm. and uh, is this a book series or is it just the just one, the one, book, one or? book it's
1: a short book
3: uh it's actually pretty old now so it's become part of the penguin classics
0: oh, okay yeah it kind of
2: sounds like my risk strategy your risk strategy <laughs> like, you know risk the, the yeah, board the game. game yeah yeah where yeah. so you take over like the oceanic area and then you move up to Asia and whatnot (laughs) just all about that world domination basically of course of course (laughs) but I
1: would say like the defining characteristic about 1984 is the dominance of the party and its ideology it's not strictly fascist or communist it sort of became its own thing like it was initially like this uh, socialist revolution but it eventually it deviated to form its own ideology and that ideology was called Ingsoc
2: and um
0: I tried to remember. Never it's heard of that one before, not gonna lie.
2: All all I'm thinking is like having like pen ink linking into my sock for some reason. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well basically it's had such control over the masses that it's able to just determine facts just uh, at will. And I think the main character is like in this he works in the he's more educated than the masses, but he works in this propaganda ministry called the Ministry of Truth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that truth in quotation marks yeah, there? Well, or?
1: Well, <laughs> But basically, it's a world, where it's this ministry where they just control the facts. They determine everything, no? Yeah, the, the, main, the main character's job is to rewrite
3: what Big Brother has said uh, to fit in with um, pretty much, I've lost my word. What was it again? What? Society.
1: Like, no, no, like,
3: <laughs> what do you said about the future? Um, if it's wrong, it's his job to rewrite. Say, like, Times, magazines,
1: newspapers, books, things like that. Yeah, like, according to the, according to the universe, um, Ingsoc invented the airplane and everything. But to give you an idea of, like, how much control they have over the masses, like, imagine if you were a citizen and suddenly the big party, big brother, said, the sky is now red. You don't uh, think that the sky is blue and you just like, okay, I'm going to now call it blue. No, I'm going to now call it red. You believe it with all your heart that the sky is now red. Mm. So they control the meaning of words. And uh, they have... Um, this idea, this thing called Newspeak, where they, sort of res- they gradually restrict words that you're no longer allowed to say. So it will eventually get to the point where your vocabulary is so low, you're easily manipulated by Big Brother. And uh, it gets to the point where they have so much control, they don't need to worry about the lower masses because they're just that uneducated. And uh, the only thing that the party has to worry about is stability within its own, uh, within its, within its own grip. And, uh, yeah, scary stuff. Um,
3: I think what's so significant about nineteen eighty four though is it did uh drop off for a little while, but it's come it's resurged in popularity lately because people are drawing um similarities between the book and the society we're living in now. Because pretty much Big Brother in the book keeps a constant eye on you. Uh even in your own houses. And yeah. it's just it's just a thing where people are drawing it uh lines and similarities
1: between it. But I, I guess you can say with the age of social media, you know, whatever you say online, the entire world will probably look at it and then judge you accordingly. And then, I guess, you know, when we have words or things that we're no longer allowed to say, where speech in some ways is being controlled, you know, I think it's a bit too early to sort of draw comparisons. You know, it's a bit too pessimistic. I think we're fine for now. I hope for but now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, there's heaps of things that we can't say online now. Yeah, there's, right now there's I don't want to. We're not diving into it. I'm just saying yeah. there's like ge- literally gender debates right now that, and like how many there are and whatnot. Now, we're not diving into that. Not we're, diving not, into we're not diving into not. We're not. Really really so I'm just saying that there is so many things that it's some person will get, you know, sensitive about it. And yeah. it's terrible that you can't be like, what is it? P- oh, PC principal from South Park? It's also the
1: idea. It's also the idea where. Um, you just want to silence your opposition. You don't want to make a counter-argument or anything like that. You just want to yeah, make sure their voice is not heard or anything like that, which is scary. But uh, we're fine for now, I would say. Well, I think one of the main
3: similarities, though, is how China is acting right now, where all the citizens are under constant surveillance and are actually being rewarded points for how they act.
0: Oh, yes, I have heard of this. Oh, the right, social where, system. Yeah, the
2: social system. See, I actually wrote a paper on this and... Well, oh, not paper, but it was part of writing my paper on it. Like, I the idea was so. that... Yeah. <laughs> no, the idea was I used the idea, the basis of their system, uh, in actually a game that essentially rewards your outside life or, you know, negatively or positively makes the game harder or easier. Uh, and that was a concept. So, essentially, if you are a bad citizen, the game is harder. But it could also be... It's The way it was skewed was, like, for example... Was there a game, was it Second Life or something that would throw you in jail if you did bad things in the game? Yeah, I believe it was Second Life, I think. So, I
1: also believe, sorry, that uh, the Chinese government is also making this software. Now, don't get me wrong, this is true from what I've heard. Skynet?
0: uh, You'd Mm -hmm. have to clarify on that. Um, You know,
1: um, it's like a surveillance system that they're almost trying to do. But you know Skynet from Terminator? Yeah. it was the AI taking over the world?
2: Let's hope, no.
1: before we deviate too
3: much I was just uh, talking about this because people draw these kind of similarities into the book 1984 and so it's just kind of like a foretelling of what would happen in our age because this was written back in what the 30s or 40s no 1949 it was written
1: yes hmm. so it was, yeah, it was just at the start of the Cold War we got it as well
0: on that note though speaking of Big Brother this is Big Brother and the next song you're listening to is oh. Borderline With My Adams" by Hiatus Coyote Oh, dear. And that was Old Man by Stella Donnelly. And before that, we had Two Hearts by Sasquatch. And then we had Borderline with My Adams" by Hiatus Coyote. Welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes. Now, during the break, we were actually mentioning uh, Superman and Batman. And because we're all kind of comic book and movie buffs in a way... We in figured, a way. yeah, in, in a, a way. way. I'm, I'm a bit of a casual, lack, if being honest. lack <laughs> of education <laughs> in it, but
2: still, educate yeah. you yourself.
0: We uh, we'd figured we'd discuss uh, who we believe is actually the better superhero in more ways than just one between the two. Oh, I think we're sort of unanimous. Mm. Mm. So, well, are we though? Are well, we though? Superman is clearly the better superhero. I don't, I
3: don't know. I, I kind of, I'm swinging more towards Batman.
0: I was just going to say, I'm, I'm almost agreeing with the Batman aspect, to be honest, because, Ooh. yeah, I believe money actually is just as powerful as a superpower.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, here's my perspective of this, though. Whose nemesis is Superman's? Like, the major one, really. Lex, Lex Luthor. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Yeah. yeah. So, Lex Luthor is a super, you know, bad little opposite of it. And what's the common thing that Lex Luthor and Batman have in common? Money and gadgets. uh <laughs> and a massive research department as well. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to And and who wins? I'm going I mean, c- to put my wins two cents I'm going to put my two cents in here on that though. I think uh, Bruce Wayne
3: is
1: a lot smarter than Le- Lex Luthor is.
3: I I'd, I'd say
2: no. It, it
1: it depends on who the writer is. Yeah. Um Lex Luthor is probably the smartest in regards to intelligence, but uh, Batman is a lot wiser than Lex Luthor.
3: Yeah, see, that's why I can see the Batman versus uh, Superman situation in the movie as feasible. Like, It probably would not have happened normally, but I'm saying it's feasible because he, un- he understood Superman's weakness and was able to exploit it with the amount of gadgets he had and with the prior planning he had with the location. So it's just a case of, I think, the brains plus money actually ended up working towards his favour
0: in... Feasibly defeating Superman. I think that's an important thing to bring up, though. Are we talking though with Batman how he knows about kryptonite or <laughs> not though? Because if you know, it really depends on whether Batman can util- can utilize like Superman's weakness or not though. Because if he doesn't know about Superman's weakness to kryptonite, like yeah, so it's, it's just Superman I'm, like any day of the week though. So I that's think, important to distinguish. I think
3: Batman without kryptonite though, I think we'd all be unanimous in saying that. Superman would win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but...
1: Mm, it depends, though, because Superman always... does have other weaknesses. Yeah, magic, He's, for example. Yeah, magic, and also red sun radiation. Okay, so... Okay, yeah. so, in the comic... <laughs> oh, which comic we is we can go so Superman, so Superman Red <laughs> Sun. It's that brilliant... We said we wouldn't
2: bring this up yet. <laughs> Remember... Well, it, it supports my we'll argument,
1: it. though. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Okay, <laughs> here we go. There is a fight between this uh, Russian Batman and this... Uh, the Superman that landed in the Soviet Union. Anyway, so there was no kryptonite using that fight, but it was entirely red sun radiation, and Batman was going to win uh, until Wonder Woman decided to show up and then sort of fight Batman instead. But, uh, you know, that was the one instance where I would see Batman win a fight without kryptonite. But, 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 oh, actually, you know what, I'll let you continue with that because I've got
0: a lot of comics to like reference. And Byron had a lot to say as well. Oh, okay, so. so
2: if I reference the Dark Knight Returns by oh, yeah. uh, Frank Miller, and that is a different world that we the average person knows of, and I feel like Batman vs Superman the movie took a lot of it was inspired by the Dark inspiration from it, but I thought it was poorly executed. Just my yes. personal opinion of it. Also, but, I don't like the way
1: a, I don't like the way Frank Miller writes Superman. It just he doesn't know the character well. Um,
2: anyways, the point being though <laughs> is that there is a fight that happens between both of them, and uh, Batman comes out on top before fake offing himself. Spoilers, sorry everyone. <laughs> and the point the point being though is that it always depends on the writer. That's that's a big does. picture. It does. Uh, but there is also another one. Um, there was a movie that was out a while ago. Now it was a DC animated movie where essentially. Batman's contingency, conting, yeah, contingency plans get stolen and they get used against the Justice League. Maybe Tower of Babel, I think. Tower of Babel, I think it's called, or something like that. Um, it's based that comic. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But anyways, they get stolen and then used against them and then Batman... So essentially, Batman has a way to take them all down. He's got it planned. Yeah. So that's, that's the big thing. He had it planned a long time ahead of time while everyone else is just... I don't think Superman has had a plan. Oh, hey, uh, I'm going to think the best of everyone, and then I'm going to just take on Superman and Batman. uh, Right, okay.
1: There are ways for Superman to be immune to kryptonite, if need be. He has, like, radiation suits, but also his power of the sun. Just, like, fly really close to the sun for a few hours, he is temporarily immune to kryptonite. So if both Batman and Superman had prep time before the fight, Superman would win.
2: Just yeah, saying. that's the thing. It's always situational. It's just like while while Mattello never ever beat Superman because the situation is always based in Superman's favor. Not necessarily. Uh, it is. No, it is. There's always some way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I mean, say just
3: in a regular situation without, uh, well, at-
2: just drop them a box they don't know what's happening in them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs>
3: exactly. Without without Batman being able to exploit Superman's weakness, and without Superman. Having any sort of prior preparation? neither of them had any
2: prior preparation. Okay. No prior prep, I would say Batman, because I know Batman always carries a kryptonite ring on him. Not if he doesn't know about kryptonite. Yeah, oh, but that's the thing. If also, we're, we're long term, that's uh, another situational thing. though.
1: it depends on the kryptonite as well. Because do, do any of you remember Batman Hush?
0: No. Yes. Where
1: he was like fighting this uh, Superman who was like brainwashed by uh, poison ivy and all. You know what she does and sort of manipulates them. Anyway, he had a, like a kryptonite ring. That he was like using on Superman. The thing was though, he was able, only able to like throw only a few good punches before he was only before he was about to like break all the bones in his hand. Mm. So and also in that in that comic, Batman admits that Superman would just beat him easily, rather, like without prep time. Yeah, that's an mm. actual note.
0: He admits. Mm. He does admit. Yeah, again, this is comes. This is where it comes down to write it So, so would you say it's fair though, just to say it. There really is no true answer. It just comes down to the situation.
1: Both both sides are capable of beating each other. Mm.
0: Comes favoritism. It comes favouritism. That's where it comes down it's to.
1: Exactly. It's a popularity contest. Yeah. And that's yeah. why in Batman v Superman, Batman won because he's clearly the more popular character.
3: Uh, but it is feasible for Batman to actually put up a decent fight against Superman than we actually think. Mm. Well, yeah.
1: Have any of you seen the Injustice comics?
2: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Like the final issue of season one was. Um, Superman just sort of, like, casually lifts up Batman and just, like, braces back, like, Bane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, well, on that note, though, I think we've pretty much covered everything that we need to cover in re- in regards to Batman oh, no, Superman. Oh, no, this is a
2: dark hole. You can just go yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. That's so, why I'm yeah. cutting it off right here. Okay. We'll,
0: we'll keep going. But, yeah. magical Batman. <laughs> on that note, though, we do have a song request for today, though, and it is uh, a, a family-friendly uh, one, and it's also a... Popular choice among not only people my age, but... Uh, <laughs> Your age. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Back ca- in the come team. on, we're not all as old as you, Byron. Come yeah, I on, <laughs> I know. But yeah, so it's uh, The Horses by Daryl Braithwaite. Ooh. No.
2: And that was Pot Plant House Party, rolling with the Raff, And before that was Those Who Dream Coward. Now, we have a topic we're going to bring up between us. Do we think indie games are viable in the market these days? Absolutely, absolutely, definitely. But yeah. you say that, Dan. You got something to say? Just hovering there in the middle. <laughs> no, it's because I'm in between two microphones. <laughs> but I, th-
3: we'll I think call you the in betweener now. Then, but I think I think you can look. I mean, it's probably not usual, but I mean, you can look at a couple of games as exam- as examples. Like, t- take a look at Minecraft, for example.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Minecraft. I it's guess Minecraft no longer. An yeah, indie it's game. No
3: longer indie. It, it, it started off indie, and then it made its way up. Yeah, but then you can also look at games like Undertale, for example. Undertale is still an indie game, but has been widely successful.
2: Well, there's lots of indie games that are successful that do hit the main screen, but at the same time, there's plenty that fail. The main screen? Main screen.
1: (laughs) Is is Limbo still an indie game? Yeah, Uh, technically. uh, Well, at the time, we can count it as one because back then when it was released, the the developers back then, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, they would be considered indie, but at the same time, it falls into a genre of it got popular enough that you wouldn't consider it any more indie. And that also is the problem with a lot of indie games. Well, not a lot in games, but where do you draw the line? Because, say, Limbo, for example, has an art style of just black and white, and it's quite beautiful, but at the same time, it's really well polished.
1: I would define it by the size of the studio, like the team, if it's like one or two people, or like, well, I don't want to give exact numbers, but I don't know, less than 50, or maybe, no, less than 20, I would consider. Less than 20 people. Something like that, something, a small team, uh, like a small group of people, See, like uh, independent developers that are not necessarily subject to the wills of a giant publisher.
2: See, I consider more than ten people... Even, you know, actually, I would even say more than five people would be you know, outside the indie realm these days. Mm. But you also have outside development as well when you do these things where you've got to get, uh, say, a music artist in, for example.
3: Uh, you can you can make a case with the amount of people, but also you can, I think part of it is the amount of funding that goes into the game.
2: Uh, yeah, that is another thing
0: that happens like where's the funding come from who you know who's doing it that being said though if we're talking kickstarters for example the funding's coming from the people themselves yeah, and, and they're that's usually still definitely the game. Yeah, yeah that's still definitely indie so i'd say it actually comes down to whether or not the game studio is either a getting a publisher or yeah. b they're being bought by someone
1: it really depends on what their distribution is because the, the majority of indie games are digital content yeah, exactly. Like Steam or Xbox Live or PS PS what was it called? Uh and <laughs> well, What was it called? Yeah. I don't play consoles anymore. It's been years. Yeah, I guess Like, okay,
2: for PC example, Master I think, is, you know? Yeah, on 100%. <laughs> uh, an example I can think of, uh did anyone play FTL?
0: Yes. Faster than light?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone No, of course. Of course you didn't play it, man. <laughs> I know you don't this play pleb. anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Stick
2: uh, to the JRPG FDL no. <laughs> is essentially it's you. Ma- you got your own crew that you're manning through this adventure. Very difficult game. Yeah, very. D- it is a difficult game, and you're going through essentially areas. Getting well, you go through different zones, would you say. Yeah, it, would you're, be?
1: You're, what you're. you're sort of, I think the objective is. Um, it's been a while since I last played it, but you're sort of you're needed to deliver a message to this objective. You know, this the location. The rebels, what it is? No, no, no. You know, you're part of like the empire. You're being chased by the rebels. So what? you have to no, get there. No, 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 seriously. Um, you're fighting against the rebels. And, um, yeah, you're trying to get the your objective before the rebels actually catch you.
2: Really? Is that, I thought it was no, the other no, way no, around. No. Like,
1: seriously, Google it. Google it. You're fighting against the rebels.
2: Like, uh, look, who likes the rebels, honestly? I, I like, like the like, rebels. I mean, that's... I guess it's just my opinion. I, the Galactic I Empire,
1: like, they, you know, they ensure peace and prosperity across the galaxy. And then we have these terrorists, you know. Yeah. Well, just, I, yeah. I don't like I don't like the rebels in Star Wars, but anyway, we don't want to go <laughs> on a tangent.
2: <laughs> um, well, the, no, the thing is, where it comes down, to it, you're controlling a your whole crew, and you kind of get attached to your characters. Yeah, your ship sometimes gets invaders. You choose what sh- um, things you shoot at people, and even though it doesn't seem that advanced, the technical aspect of it is really advanced, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, like the art style looks fairly old, but it's like uh, you know, it's like the old two D pixelated. But um, yeah, what makes the game excellent is just you have you feel like you have complete control over your ship. Almost like you're reenacting scenes from Star Trek.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Clues is hatch bit error. Like, let the old um, air out and then, <laughs> ha-ha, you're, you're, those people are dying because they can't breathe. I'd power to weapons. you so yes number one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a quick
3: question here? Do we count games such as Line Rider as an indie game? What is that? What is that? You don't remember Line Rider?
2: Nintendo mm. so, DS? So
3: Line Rider was one of those games where you drew lines on the screen and when you hit play... You'd have a little figure on a sled, um, sort of going down and just um, riding these lines. Was this on Newground or something? No, this was actually <laughs> by Microsoft Silverlight on Flash.
2: Yeah, I it wouldn't say so. Firstly, if it was developed by Microsoft, mm. no, and Straight
3: it does have a publisher as well, yeah. so it's not independent. Yeah, but it, I guess it was just one of those games, like or even was a tech
2: demo type thing.
3: Yeah, it was kinda of like you just you just draw these lines on the screen and then the figure would come in and write on these lines on a sled. Oh. Speaking of Nintendo DS, do you
0: remember all those purr puppies that starved to death in Nintendo?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did uh, just think of something though. Uh, that Net War on the topic of like Flash games, for example. So everyone like remember you remember sites like Addicting Games and all this stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Do they technically count as uh being published by those games, and are they well, indie games?
2: They would be definitely considered indie games by small development teams, and they don't actually make much money off them.
1: Did any of you, like, when you were in school, did you ever go on a website called Cool Math Games? Blast <laughs> <laughs> no Tower Defence right there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, any Tower <laughs> Defence. Oh, my, they were just fantastic. <laughs> we we had Mathletics for us.
3: Oh, okay.
0: oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I was doing that in high school still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways... Now we've discussed this
2: topic thoroughly <laughs> enough and Brock is laughing his uh, self to... I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, time uh, the time now. is... The time is 4.07. You're listening to Radio <laughs> Fremantle 107.9 FM and I'm Byron Rennie and we are going to go to Manowar, The Blood of the King. And that was extremely long song called Manowar, The Blood of Kings. <laughs> wow. <that was> like, <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you Never. know. It's a good song, though. Yeah, but... Oh, wow, that would just... I'm oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> like, Ramstein songs and stuff that go that long?
3: Oh, uh, not really.
0: What about
2: Dragon well, Force? a couple. Oh, Dragon... No, I don't... We're not diving into that can of worms either. <laughs>
0: Keep dream, that away. Dream theatre.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go mm. with that.
0: I was going to say, it reminds me of those old, like, 90s trance songs which go for, like, 20 minutes, man. That's how long it was gone. Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> we, we, we just need all the metal heads to just support Alex now on the
3: Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 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 Support absolutely. him because he's, he's the one that chooses these songs sometimes. And Blood of the King. <laughs> no. <laughs> If I had my way, I wouldn't have chosen it. Let's just no, say that. No, I see. But that's just I a of choice.
3: This, this, this is why we need like a a range of people to
1: choose a range of music.
3: No, it's more exactly. like I choose a song
2: that goes for you know like maybe five minutes max. Yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. I'll just like the choose. A, just just our
1: audience is not that long. Fine, I'll just like choose some like one minute
0: song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us yeah. how you really I've feel, yeah. <laughs> I just like feel. it when you take your
0: hat off. It's a beret, thank you very much Oh, no, it's not a beret It's not? It's not Oh, what is it called then? I'd call it a farmer's cap
2: (laughs) what? What? I I don't even get this in Ireland I got this in Stockholm It's a national uniform of the Irish (laughs) Well, I think it's like Babe You know, the Babe Pig show Like in the farmer with the cap on (laughs) What's that other song? Jakers Oh, I don't remember
1: that? It was like partner with Sean the sheep
2: Oh, I I don't know Anyways, (laughs) coming up next uh, Liminal drift, man, a part of nature. And that was Halia with you forever. And before that, Funkadelic, Funk Lords. And now we are going to discuss Green Book, the upcoming movie that I have already seen, but uh, my fellow teammates have not. <laughs> no idea what it is.
0: Because yes, it's upcoming. Yes, yeah, it well, comes out tomorrow.
2: Uh, and it's actually won an award already for uh, Best Supporting Actor oh. for the actor Muhammad Ali, I think it was his name. Muhammad Ali. No, no, I, I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a lot anyways, of Muhammad the Ali. His last name is Ali, and anyways, he, he got the uh, Supporting Award for it. But uh, it's a drama based on Dr. Donald, who is a musician who he um, went on a tour down south, in the deep south, in the 1960s. Right. And he is of coloured nature. And he has his, <laughs> and the main character who I don't even know his name, but he played Aragon in Lord of the Rings, and I haven't. Oh, seen... Oh, Viggo
1: Mortensen. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I'm glad you know that.
1: Like, <laughs> of course, you know that. Look, like I'm wearing the Lord of the Rings t-shirt, Lord of the Rings tattoo. You know <laughs> yeah, like
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's funny because you haven't seen him in ages. I did not recognize him at all. Like, yeah. so it was nice to you know saw him. He plays this, um, uh, Italian. Italian bouncer essentially that becomes this guy's bodyguard chauffeur to go down to the deep south, and you see the whole conflict that happens there. You know, the neglect that well, essentially the south was very upset about the slavery. I guess you know your history though, so uh, uh so you're considering you're the history fair guy. A bit, fair
1: a bit, but uh, not really good. And when it comes to U.S. history in the 18th and 19th centuries,
2: yeah, anyways, the um. It, you see the you see what happens down there, like how mm. all the whites are racist towards the blacks, and yeah. there's even places that have curfews for that. And it sh- they were showing essentially this black character who doesn't fit in with his own community and doesn't fit in with the white community either because they neglect him as well. And they get him, they bring him in because he's such a great musician, but after that, straight shunning him again. Yeah. And it shows this great friendship that's developed between the his driver and him and it also explores a few other avenues as well mm. but one thing i came that came out of the movie when i was watching it was there was these long setup for jokes one one being example cuz he's ne- you see in the advert uh, or in the trailer for it that he has never had chicken like uh, fried chicken uh, and we've all had fried yeah. chicken and the, you know the
1: and also the stereotype jokes yeah yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah anyway so <laughs> the italian guys Really amping it up for him, and he has it, enjoys it, and then he gets dinner hosted for him by a wealthy white family, and they invite him in for dinner, or they have him for dinner, and they ask their servants, which are all African American, and they ask what he would like, and they serve him homemade fried chicken. See, <laughs> so even you guys laughing for and it's a long setup to get to that point, and the cinema cracked up when that came on. But then you see after that, he tra- goes to go to the toilet and there's a toilet inside, you know, male toilets, Aye. and to goes to go inside it and the host goes, oh, you're okay there? You're looking for the toilets? He goes, yeah, I'm just about to go into it. He goes, oh, well, the toilet's just outside. And it's just mm-hmm. this rickety outhouse. Aye. And then, you you know, his pride finally kicks in. He's trying because he's trying to change the world essentially, like, and he, he in the end he actually leaves the place, goes back to his hotel comes back but and it shows just like the way the people were treated and what actually was coming about from it though is that something I had to look up a bit about the green book is a a traveler's guide, essentially a road book showing where safe places or you know, where black friendly places were to go stay at Aye. now my question is. How do you think you would survive here in Australia if we had these things happening? Depends on the time, really. Okay, how about if we go? We d- we can't really go down that same path, but just this is really bad. Say, imagine if Irish is the Irish people were treated in, under that circumstances. Yeah, they were. You know, not not that level though.
1: It really depends on like the decade and the century, but um, like Irish people, like early Irish immigrants, were certainly seen as like a subhuman as well. But I guess um, I'm not really certain about regards to their treatment in Australia. But like, um, especially when it comes to victims of the famine, you know, when they left in the 19th century, they were sort of treated as outcasts. But then I guess you know, they integrated with the cultures to such a huge degree that um, yeah, they're synonymous with like the various countries now, and a lot of like communities sort of like sort of take pride in their Irish descent and all that. You know, yeah. yeah, But
2: But just uh, think about the whole. Okay, so imagine you're going to Geraldton for example. As you do. Yeah, yeah, because we all go to Geraldton with a population of whatever it is. And <laughs> I don't even know the population. is probably, what, 200,000, half a mil at max? I wouldn't know. Anyway. I'd say less than that. <laughs> really? Yeah, okay. Anyways, the point being is that imagine going there and only having a few places to stay. Mm. I mean, there's only probably a few places to stay anyway, but imagine you, ha- you, know, you make that and in turn it into a quarter and they're all run down and stuff and that's yeah. the places you've got to stay because they won't let you stay somewhere else and you can be arrested for being in these places. Mm. Imagine that situation. How rough would that be? You tra- go to travel around Australia, see how it is, and you can't go to stay to these places anymore. You can't experience part of the culture because of mm. you know there's literally limiting factors that are out of out of your control. Yeah. and this is what explore- is explored in this. And I just thought it was a really good movie to kind of show a bit of another eye opener. I mean, it's a, another cultural shock essentially. Aye,
0: and. Yeah. I was going to say that it does seem like it would be the eye-opening experience, not only for people who don't know about that sort of stuff, but even for people who potentially, like back in the day, would have like almost been involved for that sort of thing yeah. as well. Like,
2: I personally, I mean, I'm sheltered in the situation here in Australia. We are all sheltered here in Australia, essentially, where we miss out on a lot of this. The younger generations, we know what happened, but we don't know the extent of it and how bad it was and what happened to people in those situations. Well, the extent to which that we know about it is really just from our history lessons. Yeah. But uh, we don't know,
1: like, personal experiences and in regards a- to that.
2: And as we all know, history is written by the victor. Yes. And, unfortunately, <laughs> what else happened? Like, the- there's, I'm sure, well, there's some stuff that...
1: Probably oversimplifying a bit, like, uh, we have a huge variety of, like, uh, historical sources. But, yes, you're
2: correct. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, for example... There's a historical. There was a TED talk, and it was covering that the Aboriginals in a certain area were farmers, yeah. and they had storage places for farming. Oh yeah, I remember,
1: do you remember that? I remember. Well, not that TED talk, but I remember like this um, interview talking about uh, the surprising amount of agriculture that the Aboriginal cultures well sort of made. Which yeah, it's yeah. interesting.
2: And I wonder: is that was it all true? Was it not true? It just from the experience I had that it was a nomadic society where they moved around a lot versus what it actually is. Mm. And, I mean, I guess because unless you're not there, you don't know the truth. Well, we do have,
1: in regards to, like, and the aboriginals evidence. and uh, right. ar- and agriculture, no, we do have, like, archaeological evidence for it.
2: Yeah, that's that's the other thing, though. But just, I guess... But in
1: regards just... to, like, traditional European sources, because the earliest accounts that we have are mostly, like... Uh, the Aboriginals were seen as like the traditional hunter gatherers. Yeah. Uh, they were using like um, the bushfires to help cultivate the land as well, which was interesting.
2: Ah, that is a bit interesting. You want to join in the talk, Dan? He's looking at memes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Worst right. team member ever. Well, apart from
3: setting up the playlist, yeah, getting yeah, the sponsorships, yeah, yeah he's uh, just doing the whole
2: pre yeah. thing. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but,
2: um, okay, wait. Worst contributor to the conversation.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, because like you and Alex have more to talk about. Although I was just thinking, oh, big, Daniel, because uh, oh. I, uh, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen Christian I haven't, boy. Seen, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, mate. <laughs> yeah. But although I do think it's funny where we were talking about 1984 and history being rewritten, and now you're talking about Victor's Justice and which history was left out.
2: Yeah, well, that is the thing. Like, what does get left out of history? That is a big question. I mean, yeah, th- there's pro- stuff that gets left out for, like, the benefit of mankind. I'm um, Like, oh, hey, let's hear about the tortures that happened in discrete detail. That would be a great thing to hear in, in schools and stuff. No,
0: it wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in schools, of course, but then if you'd like to read more about it, then it should still be available for those who'd like to find out, I still think. I think lately, though, i starting to... I don't like the
1: term um,
0: history is written by the
1: victor as much now these days because, well, perhaps that term applies perfectly well when it comes to ancient history because normally we only have like one source or anything like that. But uh, when it comes to modern history, we have like, for example, like the Second World War. We have tons of sources when it comes to Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union or Poland. and So, I don't know, that's just me sort of ranting about things that are not related (laughs) to the conversation. No, it's
2: just just (laughs) like... Okay, the further back you go, the more skilled it can get.
1: That's the difference, like, that's the reason why when it comes to university, ancient history or modern history, they're different majors because it's requires okay. a different, it requires a different sort of thinking when you're analysing it because when it comes to especially ancient history, um, best example would be um, Herodotus and the Greek-Persian Wars. He's the only source we have of, like, um, you know, the Greek-Persian Wars when, uh, you know, Battle of Thermopylae, Marathon and so forth. And uh, we had like Thucydides. He was the only source we had when it came to um, the later centuries with the Peloponnesian War. So we sort of have to like um, almost like interpret the sources a lot more loosely, I suppose. But we just got to be careful, like when we're analyzing it. But when it comes to modern history, it's sort of like the opposite problem. We have this like o- nearly overwhelming amount of information, so we're just like having to like
2: filter to, to choose. Yeah, and filter th- through. Find, I suppose. Yeah. True or not?
1: Yeah, but it's also. You got to be a lot more careful when you're looking at the sources as well, because you might easily just find a document that just completely disproves about what you stated or whatever. Yeah,
2: that is true. Anyways, moving on. It's time for a song. Here's what's uh, the song. Oh. It, do you like Fallout Boy? I like Fallout Boy. We yeah. know you like Fallout I Boy. We fallout know.
3: Boy. Uh, <laughs> we had a bit of a fallout about it. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's added oh, to the list. <laughs>
2: the daily pun right the, there.
3: The daily Daniel uh, jokes. <laughs> oh, boy, was I right. <laughs> but
2: yeah, uh, I know. Oh, hey, you put it in yeah. here, not me. But anyways, here's Fallout Boy. This ain't a scene, it's an arms race. And that was Pink Floyd, The Great Gig in the Sky. And before that. Uh, was it... Yeah, the dr- Drugs Mr. Owl, my Ate My Metal Worm? Oh, I don't even know it.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, know. M- Mr. Al Ate My Metal Worm. Yeah, I'm glad you know it. I've uh, kn- it and Drugs is short for Destroy Rebuild Until God Shows. Well,
2: thanks for writing that in. Like, <laughs> <you> know, come <laughs> on now.
3: Would you really want something that long in there? Yes. Yes, and, and <laughs> yes they, I would, because then I could read it. And they also abbreviate it in their tu- title as well, so...
2: No, okay. Just call D-R-U-G-S or something, <laughs> solve the issue. Okay, well, you listen listening to day <laughs> Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Thanks for making me laugh for that. Yep. And I'm hosting right now, my name is Byron Rennie, and we're here with Brock, Dan and Alex, and we are actually at the end of our rope, essentially. Cause oh. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I mean, it's, it's four to five, so... Yeah. <laughs> um... So uh, anything we want to cover quickly before we put the last song on and get out of here?
1: Well, in a couple of weeks, uh, the psychologist Jordan P. Peterson will be visiting Perth. So does that, that mean you're interviewing him? I hope so. <laughs> I'm not going to promise anything. Oh,
2: well, How about you sort that out? Now, I don't then? know. We're going go <laughs> to talk like, about
1: postmodernism. he been raving about this for a while, while now. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, no, he's been. Yeah, he been <laughs> yeah.
2: But just, you know, go get in, go <laughs> yeah. get your microphone. I'll try. I'll try. I'll oh, try. Could, could we expect... Results. Do it. <laughs> what is it? What's the quote? I was like, "We are a positive results company, <laughs> not a no company." <laughs> That's actually from Fire. That I've, got,
3: I've got All a right. meme on my phone from Oscar the Grouch wearing aviator sunglasses, saying, "Just because you're garbage doesn't mean you can't do great things." It's uh. called garbage can, not garbage cannot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well done, well done. <laughs> okay, then. Now to uh, now, since we're out of here, thanks for being with us today. You've listened to Hump Day Vibes. And to take us out of here, here's Lincoln Park, hands held high. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs>